0: Hello and thank you for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries with Rick Wharton. Look at him, his little smile, look at his little smile. We ain't spoke to each other it, in ages. It's, like, it's,
1: it's because it's because since you're at work, you're starting like a late night radio <laughs> show, just like jazzing the <laughs> evening
0: with Matt Wills. And it sounds it because of this little booth I'm in. Um, and me, as Rick just said, I am Matt Wills. And today... It sounded like a kid
1: doing a Twitch stream <laughs> when his
0: parents <laughs> yeah. think he's in bed. You're like, hey, you little shit, knock it off. Turn off the router. Um, Today we are doing a Patreon pick, and it's from our newest Patreon, Amy Jane, and she has chosen Memories of a Murderer, the Nielsen tapes. So I think Amy Jane is more a fan of Rick's thinking than my thinking. She oh, went, I wish
1: I wish we had more interactive fans that would do a poll to say what kind of fucking documentaries they well, like, because I wouldn't be reading Italian subtitles <laughs> ever if that was
0: the case. Well, we could. Uh, we could actually poll that out. So uh, at one point we will.
1: I don't need that self-esteem blow that only <laughs> Dale and whoever fucking <laughs> respond to it.
0: But yeah, Amy Jane has joined the Patreon. And if you want to join the Patreon like Amy Jane, it makes a massive massive difference so a quick word from our sponsors that's me rick and our patreon pals join a patreon it's brilliant that content is superb i'm listening to making a murderer it's great get on board or uh,
1: as as just a little thing see if you can find our patreon that's an interesting thing no you can't (laughs) any of you true crime (laughs) sleuths try and find it you (laughs) can't because it's like find (laughs) it's literally in a water tank on top of a hotel (laughs) <laughs> it is very difficult to fucking find our Patreon, feed.
0: You I can tell you why you can't find it is because we swear. So therefore, Patreon doesn't advertise stuff with explicit language. So to find our Patreon, just click the link in the show notes. You can click on the word Patreon or click on patreon.com forward slash discussing documentaries. It's all there. But yeah, so Amy Jane has picked the Nielsen tapes about the British serial killer Dennis Nielsen. I'll give you the blurb quickly because uh, there's it's on Netflix. It's brand new. This when was this coming out, Rick? A week and a half ago? A week uh, ago?
1: But at at the most a week or so ago yeah. at the time of recording. And um, what was it going to say? It was at number two last night right. when I checked it out. So it's number two in the charts. Okay.
0: So it's um yeah. So there's so the director is. Uh, where's the director? The director is Michael Hart. Uh, There's no money, there's no accolades, there's no nothing, it's brand new. But here's the blurb and then we'll get into it. For the first time, the killer's own voice, in the killer's own voice, this feature-length documentary explores how Dennis Nielsen was able to get away with multiple murders and attacks and went unchallenged for five years within the United Kingdom. It's set against the backdrop of 1980s Britain, when mass unemployment drew young men to London in search of their fortunes, only to find themselves destitute and easy prey. And weaving together interviews from police, journalists, survivors, bereaved families, we look at Dennis Nilson. So that's the blurb. Um, I remember this. I remember this happening. I've, I've yeah. read. I would say this is what put me off true crime.
1: I can absolutely imagine you going back to Cranley Avenue for a drink because yes. you thought someone was friendly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's
0: exactly the sort of thing I would do. Someone goes, do you want to come for a drink? Sorry, did someone say drink? Yeah. I'd be like a cartoon character with a pie. I'd just be floating <laughs> on the edge. Ooh, drink. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I was exactly the sort of person who would uh, end up in Dennis Nilsen's, uh drain
1: well, before we get into the documentary, um, do you remember the old days when we'd put one out that was new, say, like, the murderer next door? Yeah. And it'd be like, wow, everyone's checked that one out and everyone's talking about it. Yeah. How long has it actually been since there's been a new, excluding this one, because this is my fault when it was first own it? since a new Netflix documentary hit the mark, because there has been some swings and some misses. Uh, mainly misses, right? I don't Like, yeah. exactly. Like, um, well, swinging a hit would mean a hit. Like, yes, swings yeah, means yeah. that they yeah, putting
0: yeah, them yeah, they're out. Yeah, to go.
1: Um, yeah, it's been so a while. Go, the Cecil Hotel, that was too long for the conclusion. Yes. Then you had that the MySpace killer one. Yep. Yeah. That, that wasn't quite like the trailer was the best part of yeah. it. You saw pretty much yeah. everything you needed. And then Prayer Away felt a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, to me, I was just like, come on, just just be good. Plus, I, when we were first told it was this one, I'd got mistaken with a previous documentary I've seen, which is a, there's a confession tape one about an American guy who basically right. is serving life in jail. And what, what he does is he goes to law enforcement, goes, If you give me a burger, I'll say I did this murder. So they basically, all different what? law enforcement converge. Like, so this guy in prison just starts admitting to murders. <laughs> and they go, this, What? This cool guy. The, yeah, this cool. So, all these cold case files, like, and they're like, oh shit, like, we've not got a clearance rate on our murders. goes, Yeah, I'll say I did that. Get us a McDonald's, McFlurry, big. F-. So, basically, he had like all these different counties, and he goes, Yeah, travel the country, murdering people the whole time. He's just a smart. Oh, and my since he was doing it, he just. Copter and they all of the police pounced on it and just got as many clearances as they could for their murder cases. We went,
0: yeah, he did it. Beautiful. Greatest
1: killer in American history. He's like 147. He's like, it's he's a huge got obese
0: man. He's got diabetes. He's getting so
1: many. Yeah, now, burgers. yeah, he was small when he started <laughs> yeah. uh, confessing them. So I thought it was that. So I was quite happy when I when I realized that one that I hadn't seen.
0: But I I remember this happening. So it's. Britain's a fucking miserable country, isn't it? When you look at it back in the footage, you're like, God, that looks a depressing shithole.
1: This is, you take any British sitcom and stick it next to two and a half men. Yes. All right, that is the difference, right? I take all the humor, all the script out, just the location. Yeah. Just that beautiful house of Charlie Harper or that flat in fucking Peep Show. Yeah. That is the difference between America and this country. It's
0: it's so miserable. Um, Just quickly, I forgot to tell you this. So this documentary is from the maker of Don't Fuck With Cats. All right. So um, I I know that's in my horizon and it's fast coming up. Our other Patreon fan, Nick, was... Telling me about that, and she went. I don't think that's for you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might have to skip that one. Have a day off that day when Rick says we're doing this.
1: Hey, this is the one. This is why it is left
0: entirely to our Patreon. Yes, picks, absolutely. Okay, so. We don't have a choice. That's why we we take the pound.
1: I mean, we there's some the that I figured they would choose. <laughs> <laughs> There's some – I've certainly been planting seeds
0: in in previous episodes (laughs) for going,
1: oh, you know, but if someone asks for it, it appears for it, maybe. Um,
0: Because I can't not follow the rules. That's how – because you know how my brain works, right? You're like, if they ask for it, he'll do it. Yeah. I know how that first edition (laughs) T-1000 is. Um, So I used to live – so basically, Dennis Nilsson was around – Where'd that be? That would sort of be Westish London, northwest London. So around Wilsdon. Um Wilsdon was a little bit rough, but in a in a great way. So I used to live in Shepherd's Bush and uh Hangar Lane. And i we used to drink around Wilsdon. Wilsdon, Nneesden, great places. Just great places to drink. Absolutely. Huge pubs. Uh they'd have a they had a music venue there. Uh I had a real stereotypical Irish name. It was it was beautiful. Everything about it. The houses were big. It was you can see how he buried so many bodies and stuff. You're like, yeah, they had big gardens in places. They were big old, <laughs> big old Victorian houses. Um, and yeah, so I'd, I had fond memories of Wilston. And you think, fuck it, hell, I'd, if I was ten years older, I probably would have. Yeah, I probably would have ended up in a garden in Wilston.
1: <laughs> the Wilsdon Garden. All right, so yeah, I like the way this one's edited. This is one thing I will say on this document: mm-hmm. the way it's put together yeah. is pretty well done. You get uh, Steve Musker, who's the lead detective on it. Yeah, he's talking, and then um, it cuts to uh, Mike Cataran who finds remains in a drain. Now he's the and he says, is he
0: the renter kill guy or the, no? He's the Dino Rod guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's the plumber. Yeah, the, the Dino Rod. Um,
0: that's the company. I, I've he, not
1: heard of Dino Rod before. Oh, right. They're,
0: the, they're, they're like Rent-A-Kill, but for drains. Right. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're like the company in London who fix drains.
1: Oh, all right. Fair enough. Because for me, I just liked him because he looked like a young Alan Shearer. He did look <laughs> like, like something about. Yes. <laughs> he looked like the Southampton days Alan Shearer. <laughs>
0: just. But he was proper London as well. He was like, well, what it was, uh, I mean, I've not seen a human bone, but I know that smell.
1: And they uh, they knock on the door and they say, "Look, is there anything weird been going on?" He goes well, actually, my neighbour was outside. I heard some scraping, so we went and saw him, and he was just in the vest and his underpants, and he said he had just nipped out for a pee.
0: Yeah, and he went, and it was February. <laughs> <laughs> the rod engineer said uh, they'd found human remains. And uh, apparently, the bloke in the top floor flat expressed an interest in what he would found. What? what He's like the worst serial killer ever, Dennis Nielsen. If it wasn't for his numbers, he would be seen as a failure.
1: Yeah, and it's. T- t- see, the thing is with it, it's cut with the recording tapes yes. he
0: sent to a journalist. So yeah. that's
1: kind of the narration of it.
0: And he doesn't and sound like a serial killer. Now, I'm sure that's an ist somewhere. I'm sure I'm upsetting someone. But he doesn't sound how you'd expect a serial killer to sound. He sounds incredibly um He sounds like pompous. A,
1: a villain in a 90s movie is what he sounds yes. like. Yes, yeah, yeah. Good I shout. tell you what he's, yeah, yeah. what he's done to me, right? See, our lass uh, listens to audiobooks of Terry Pratchett as she goes to sleep. Right, and it has ruined it for me because that voice and the way he describes shit is so much like if Terry Pratchett <laughs> was killing, you know, fucking young boys on the game. It's like, I am the harbinger of death. Upright, <laughs> I sat as I ate my car. And I'm just like, it's, it's fucked all Terry Pratchett for <laughs> for good for me. Because he was Dennis... The
0: Pratchett killer. But well, Dennis Nielsen incredibly eloquent on his tapes, right? Well, on the, the bits we heard. Don't forget, we heard... Um, that's like seeing the uh, the greatest highlights of Andy Carroll. You'd think he'd be the greatest footballer in the world if you saw the edited highlights over seven minutes. But, Whereas if but, you look okay, at his whole so career, he... right, he, he was made of China. You know, as much as I, I'd like so, to say, I do actually love Andy Carroll, but he was just injured me, too much. When
1: you hear that voice and you see the attic he was staying in, I'm like, yeah, there's
0: enough aggression in that guy. Oh, God, <laughs> that yeah. is. Well, the copper called him a psychopath, didn't he? From the off, he went, "This bloke's yep. a psychopath," um, and because wh- he took him into the
1: house and he heard the in uh, so he goes up to the attic he stayed in, and, and this is so so British because he turns around and goes, "All right, stop being funny." Where's the rest of the bodies? <laughs> <laughs> There's no take your sunglasses off, coughing back up. There's no there's no America says, sir, get down on the ground. goes, all right, mate, no funny business.
0: Where's the head? All that Sherlock Holmes stuff is very overrated. Let's just get straight to it because I've got a clock out <laughs> at five because the shops will shut early on a Thursday. Um, he So, effectively, Dennis Nilsson works at a local job centre and he would – pick up the destitute and get them back to his flat and kill them and the documentary lays out a reason of why he might have done that and just they just lay out what happened at the time and they spoke to people who who were involved and it was it was it's a fucking bleak documentary it's incredibly miserable
1: i have looked into the eyes of some people working in the job center and thought that is within
0: their (laughs) reason So, do you think right. that the job made him do it? I mean, obviously, we know more about him now we've seen this documentary, but do you think working in the job centre with. Because the 80s, right? I don't know if you. When were you oh, born?
1: Thatcher. Uh, that's halfway. I've seen a lot of halfway to pet. I'm aware okay. of Thatcher. I live in a mining town in the northeast. Right, okay. I'm aware of Margaret Thatcher.
0: But So, on the news, every single news programme, you would get the unemployment statistics. And the number is yeah. this, and it would literally it would be a, a count that's just on the. It's like the debt; it just keeps going up and up and up. And I'm like, oh, that a was that? It was in news clip. But I was, I was nine. Occurring. I had a job. How could these people not have jobs? I was. If I had two jobs when I was maybe nine, maybe they couldn't
1: fit up chimneys. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and my mental health's fine. <laughs> I can't even take a lunch break without feeling <laughs> fucking guilty. Yeah. Fucking boomer
0: generations, <laughs> unemployed. The only thing
1: I'm annoyed about is there wasn't a fucking war for me to be involved in, like the great
0: generation. No, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fair point. I, uh, I, you can tell I'm one of Thatcher's children, and
1: and it's the it's the like the language they use on the news because they don't say the unemployment go these dropouts and reprobates. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. These people who don't want to try very hard, <laughs> like, and they are seen as a lower class, right? They are they are pictured like that.
1: Yeah, this—it's at least a little bit more. Way. It's not more subtle now, but now they put on shows like Benefit Streets and things yes. like that. And go, Look, yeah, yeah. this is how they're living with all that money we take from you. Yeah. All right. What about the tax havens? Don't worry about that. It's Janice who gets yeah. twenty quid of weed and doesn't have a job.
0: Yeah. It's we do still attack the poor. You're absolutely right. I'm I'm very oh, mate, guilty. Of be- that.
1: You go into a job center, there is not a place where they hire eight fucking bouncers because they're giving out free money, all right? There is yeah. There is some bleak conversations. I remember one of the first times I had to sign on in London, and they went through my qualifications, and I had to tell them that I got a third in a comedy degree. And you know me, I've got this like awkward <laughs> shotgun laugh. So <laughs> anyway, that's not funny. I went, right, excuse me? Because the first bit he's actually said there hasn't been like a drive like a driving examiner just fucking dead to the line asking questions. He goes, That's not funny. I was, what do you mean? He goes, you should have worked harder. Now you can't get a job in your chosen profession. And I went, hey, look at the fucking degree. I don't think it matters. <laughs> and he's just like, it's no laughing matter. And I went, well, I am qualified to <laughs> tell you
0: <laughs> that it is. <laughs> So long story short, I didn't. Uh, you didn't, I didn't get the job, and then he went out and he <laughs> killed he... someone, Rick. That's on you. Oh, he was thinking of me. Going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um
1: But uh, what was the thing? I, I you think... got to go in each week and see what jobs you've been applying for, right? And uh, that gets tough because it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I tried at a butchers, um, a bakers. Yeah, <laughs> kind of didn't <understood> make <laughs> yeah, They weren't hiring. <laughs> Said, "Come back at Christmas."
0: at The candlestick makers. Um, <laughs> um, I think Dennis Nilson, up until that point, I think he was Britain's biggest serial killer, and obviously now he's been replaced. I think by... So. I think he's been replaced now by Harold Shipman. Or, oh, Shipman! Yeah, sorry, or, or that sounds like an oldest opinion. Yeah, but that's well, it, we don't know Fred about. West Rose West. Yeah, so and we don't know their numbers, but. um yeah, he's definitely he's gotta be still in the top five. It's not like we breed these people all over the place. They're they're very few and far between. But he just he seemed as a serial killer. Who who just puts the stuff in the in the cupboard in their in their bedroom? And this have you ever smelled a dead body, like of a dead animal or a dead human?
1: I'm gonna surprise you here, Matt. I
0: don't actually have a sense of smell, so Oh shit, every time <laughs> Every time, sorry mate. Um, anyway, it's it's incredibly distinctive to the point it it makes you feel sick. You're like, I imagine Ugh.
1: my halls room smelled like. Right. That. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. The reason you couldn't get a girlfriend for three years, oh, that's yeah. why. Um, I've done gigs and I'm like, I don't understand these
0: these jokes. Kill. Why are they all looking <laughs> at me like that? <laughs> Take your jumper down with your mouth. I want to see if you're smiling or not. Um, but basically, so the offices I've worked in, they always have false floors. And rodents are a massive problem uh, in London. And basically, you'd pick you'd pick a floor up, and you could smell a dead animal. It, and that smell would last for like years sometimes. If you couldn't find the body, as it's rotting away, and it's mm-hmm. you. I can I can taste it now. Now I'm going back to that memory in my head. It's fucking horrible. Um, so the fact he just kept them in his wardrobe, I, he, he must not have had a sense of smell.
1: I, I must know. like, you get used to it. Like, you I, know how your house smells. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I you're used so. to it. But yeah, when, yeah. if you've got pets or something, then a stranger comes in, like, oh, that place is awful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um,
1: As my mother tells me every time.
0: She yes. house. <laughs> Stop rubbing in the fat, I've got no sense of smell. You mean woman. Um, I t- this documentary, I made this, though. It's so British. You should kind of watch it eating fish and chips and waving the uni and Jack. It's yeah, Go Britain. And it just but it, again it like when it shows Soho the sex the sort of all the sex shops and stuff and it shows Piccadilly Circus, it's just neon and they're like, yeah, London and no one noticed these missing people. London. It's a scum hole. And all the people in Scotland are like, how did anyone not notice that someone went missing from their community? because uh, there's 30 million of us. Uh, we don't know everybody. It's it's not like your little one street, love. Sorry.
1: Here's the sad thing. I knew how no one noticed before they said so. Long before they said so. By the way that this guy was pronouncing his words <laughs> and just by previous fucking serial killers. I knew exactly why no one was looking for these poor bastards. 100%. Yeah, because he was This smart. documentary... Shows it wasn't because he was smart. This documentary, one hundred percent, shows the greater plight of homophobia in the space of ten minutes than prayer. Where did oh it? Oh my god!
0: Yeah, hours. fair point. And well, and the fact that he went for the homeless, and no one gives a fuck about the homeless either. Uh, and yeah. and and back yeah. then, the homosexual homeless even less. Right? They cared even less. Um, but he was smart in the fact that he went. Well, okay, who would the police? Not going to look for, okay. They're not going to look for these people, okay. And what's my what's my kink? Oh, I need to kill people. Okay. Well, let's marry those two things up. And the reason he knew who the police weren't going to look for is because he's an ex-copper. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I'm sure I've read his autobiography, Dennis Nielsen. So. Oh, the one the book yeah. he was working on. Yeah. On it's something about. I, I read a book about him, and it was just it was awful. It was like I said. This is what put me off true crime reading about
1: he's Dennis a, Nielsen. He's a true fucking villain. This one. like yeah,
0: he, yeah,
1: yeah. And when he, even when he's talking about, and I interjected, I sat up forthright and I said, yes. and I'm like, look at the verbiage compared to one of the fucking Avery's. Yes, they. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> could not imagine one of them using one of those in one <laughs> of those tapes. <laughs> the, the Stephen Avery confession tape is. I didn't do it. Fuck
0: you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But, and he was I'm not so honest strange <laughs> he was so honest when they pulled him in he just coughed up everything they needed to know he was literally it's a f- fair cop gov they knew he had him they and I think he wanted the
1: fame or notoriety for yeah, it but maybe. there was yeah when they've caught him so they they go through the team that has to then go right to sort of found these people in the walls, the floorboards and then his old place there was like 13, 12, 13 bodies in the old place. Now, he didn't have my ex-landlord because he went mental that I left cups behind. (laughs) So Christ knows how I'm leaving 14 fucking bodies around and getting a
0: deposit. (laughs) well, Nilsson said he would drink with someone in his flat and then wake up in the morning and there'd be a dead body. You know how it is.
1: But again, that's the reconstruction of like a like an intellectual fucking psychopath to yeah. it, it's to tell the story of these actions that he thinks are grandiose. But also, it's not really my fault. Yeah, it's not my fault this happened. It's a you know. But he's also talking to a fucking like when the when he's talking in jail and he's just like, I'm eating a curry now with curry powder. Yeah. and then a joint, and now I play the keyboard. You're like, what the fuck is going on?
0: And you can tell it's dated because he gets to the police station and the first thing he does is light up a fag. You're like, fair enough.
1: (laughs) It is. uh, And then they go through it. So it's the slow build of how is he finding these people? And as I've already said, it's because he's... It's exile. People who feel, you know, rejected from society, they come to yeah. London. They can't afford to live there, so they end up uh, prostituting themselves, and that's how he's getting
0: most of them. And don't forget, homos- back to his place. And ho- don't forget, homosexuality was illegal back then. Yeah, right. And yeah, yeah, th- yeah, they yeah. were classed as
1: age of age of consent was twenty three.
0: Yeah, All right. And it was only in nineteen eighty three that it got. Um, I think the law got changed in 1983, so it was legal uh, for consenting adults over the age of 21. And it's just, yeah,
1: you're oh, right. I love it, it when they when they when they get that ruling in court and then they walk out of the courthouse and they're like, "Ah, oh, come on, guys, in in your, right new law inside. It's got to be in the house,
0: <laughs> in the house, guys,
1: <laughs> in the
0: house." <laughs> but it, it, they were classed as degenerates, right? Because of the, I I don't know why, when did all of that change? Is that in the the 1800s for Victorian England? Is that when it? Well, is that when it became
1: homophobic?
0: Yeah. When did homophobia kick in? Because it wasn't, if you think our roots, right, our roots from an English point of view, especially in the South, come from the Romans. So they had no problem with homosexuality.
1: Yeah, but we were like subjugated by them. We weren't like
0: culturally
1: by, we have their roads, not their like lifestyle over here.
0: Yeah, I don't think we had a problem with homosexuality until the Victorians came. But why did we get so homophobic as a nation? That's the bit I don't get. I don't. I think they always were. It's it's d- Christian. No, I don't think it, it, well, we were it's Christian values. No, I think that's a creation of the Victorians. I genuinely do. Yeah, I. There's something rattling around so the, in my head.
1: I mean, maybe it's all cool during the Dark Ages, but you just couldn't see what people were up to then.
0: Yeah, maybe. Have you ever used to live with this uh, drag queen and his uh, boyfriend in Spain? And uh, yeah, they were telling me about...
1: Was he 456? Because if he didn't, he's got nothing (laughs) pertinent
0: to your argument. Well, no, and they used to go to dark rooms and they would tell me what a dark room is in the gay club sense. And it was basically a room where you couldn't see anything and you'd just go in and you'd have sex with you just don't know who just one drunk photography student wanders in there <laughs> <laughs> this is why you got a third um he, he finds he finds something out about himself that day <laughs> right um he was very honest to the police uh but that did nothing for him I've, I think you can get away with your honesty if you've maybe killed someone by mistake but when it's 16 you're like oh you'll never guess what I just woke up and there they were fooey
1: uh, wait, I think, again, since he's a police officer, uh, I imagine he thought, you don't get away with this forever. Yeah. He's, he's like, almost resided to the fact he'll be eventually caught. Do
0: you think so? Like,
1: I, yeah, I believe so. And the idea that he's doing his fucking tapes and his autobiography, I think he was fantasizing over being this man. that like, He refers himself as the bringer of life and the harbinger of death with different fucking... Yeah. Oh, And the interesting thing with the documentary, a little bit like, um, what's the other Netflix one, Uh, The Mormons? Yeah. You don't see, I mean, where you don't hear the the bomber because you'd be like, all right, that guy's up with that squeaky voice. That Johnny Wardlow guy, I don't trust him. Yeah. But you don't see the face of Nilsson until they reveal him to the press. And
0: you're right. That's the good editing that you were saying.
1: Yeah, so you're doing it kind of in time with them. And then you yeah. have this journalist who is called uh, Douglas Bence.
0: Yeah, Daily Mirror. Looks,
1: he looks like they've had to fly him in from his villa in Spain <laughs> to do that. He's got the rich 80s guy, like, shirt ripped open like Superman. He's still got – he's bald but with long hair. He's got, like, Tash. He looks like he's working for um, – He's, he's a couple of rungs below
0: Peter Stringfellow. Do you know what I mean? He works within that seedy. I thought he looked like the snooker player Willie Ford, is who he reminded me of. Okay, oh, yeah, a yeah. very 80s reference there. Um, but he said uh, he got a tip about the story, but he said there was going to be resistance because the public do not want to be upset over their breakfast table when they read the papers. Well, don't they? What a different world. What a different Absolutely. world. Absolutely.
1: That is what sells now. That is front yes.
0: and centre, the front page of it. Yeah. Um, and they sensationalised the fuck out of this bloke, right? Which wouldn't have happened oh, if he wasn't gay. Because they used to. no, that no 16 a, deaths definitely would be. But the fact uh, they concentrated but, on that. But they concentrated on the fact that, yeah, because gay was seen as a disease, right? Mm. Um, and they're like, wow, well, look, he's. This is how a degenerate person acts. Look, it was just oh, so I see what you're biased. getting at that. It was so wrong. And they said, right, the, the police of the day were incredibly homophobic. The press were incredibly homophobic. Yeah, it was just, it was, there was a real misery to watching this documentary. And the thing is, I was in the 80s. I don't remember it being that miserable. But I was like 11. <laughs> so I was watching Wham, right? I'm watching George Michael. Greatest band ever. Well, you get this, it's the Scottish BBC reporter and
1: there was such a thing I connected with with him because he's just like, oh, right, it's one murder might get a couple of minutes on the news won't mean anything which is exactly how i talk about any gig i have right Which is <laughs> like yeah it's a couple of minutes here so like, yeah, it's it's a thing isn't it like, anyway what 15 and then he leaps into fucking action and then he's just got so much energy about himself yeah. but they're all scottish in this yes which is another which was another um tip of the hat to you fit the bill for a killer for me because i couldn't tell you was scottish until they said he was scottish as Nils. oh said.
0: no i got that straight off that was one of my First notes, he's got a twang of a Scottish accent. I didn't catch it, and a pompousness. There was a real pompousness to him, and he didn't it's seem. One of the reasons why I think
1: Tony Blair was evil is there's no one from fucking Sedgefield that sounds like that. He
0: literally sounds like he's denying his actual voice with every sentence, which is pr- exactly what he was. Yeah, yeah hide, hide who I am. That day, uh, the BBC journalist was called Bill Hamilton, um, and then he. Uh, he interviewed a couple, right? And it looked like they were in the 60s rather than the 80s because the geezer had this huge comb over, he had a Carl Pilkington round head. And that woman just looked I don't, it was almost like the color tone in the cameras was a little bit off, unless they picked yeah. up neon well, but they didn't pick up people well. Do you know what I mean? There was, yeah. it was, I don't know what how many Ks they had then, but there was no 4K. Yeah, there was there was some heavy pattern carpets in those houses. It <laughs> <There suddenly laughs> was, um, and even he said that Bill Hamilton. I thought this guy was a psychopath. Um, and then, um,
1: so the the Scottish reporter he gets in touch with uh, Nilsson's mother, and says, "Could we do an interview?" We're obviously going to do an interview, and she says, "Oh, not today." And if I was him, I would have left this out of the interview because it makes him seem it like makes a dick. him
0: seem like a proper douche. Yeah, yeah.
1: And he, and he went oh, well, I'm actually in Aberdeen today. It would be a shame
0: to have to come back. And she's like, oh, all right. I was like, oh, fucking boo-hoo. How polite is that from the British point of view? And here's what I thought. that Maybe the reason that Dennis Nielsen didn't get caught early is because people were seeing what he was doing and they smelt the smell, but they're so polite. No one wanted to say anything. He's hacking up a body, Harold. Well, he certainly is, Marjorie, but someone will report it. It's not our business. Just look away. Ignore. Mind your own business, Marjorie. Just keep on. Keep on moving along. Ignore that smell. Don't worry. I think the British politeness is one of the biggest fallacies of this fucking country.
1: <laughs> I think that is a stereotype that has been ingrained to us that I have rarely, rarely fucking seen.
0: You reckon? I think we're quite a great, polite.
1: There's a great bit of
0: British apathy. But I there's that as well. There is yeah, yeah, apathy versus politeness. But in
1: terms of politeness, Jesus wept. Have I, I've travelled this country for 12 years. Very seldom have I experienced people too polite <laughs> to point out something
0: <laughs> if they feel entitled to point it out. Yeah, you're talking about drunk fuckers. I fucking hate the drunks.
1: Um. I'm talking about working in fucking customer service. I'm talking about miserable pricks working in the fucking job center. I'm talking anywhere they can.
0: I'm going to ask who hurt you, Rick, but I know who hurt you. It was everybody. (laughs) Um, I like that there was a little excerpt and it was reported on American TV. And the American TV guy is describing what Dennis Nielsen did about, you know, he took these homeless men back to his place and he hacked them up. Now, the people in America are going to look at this going, what do you want of it? We are the spiritual home of the serial killer. You know, all of us went to school with at least one serial killer. That's how it works in America. Whereas, like, Britain gets one, and we're like, what?
1: Well, one of the reasons why we don't have so many, in my opinion, is there's no space here. What, for
0: serial killers? <laughs> they love yeah, a little bit they, of room, don't they, a serial killer? Uh, look, Where are you going to hide those bodies? Uh, we just haven't got the space. Is that what you, you can kill one or two, but the blood trail's going back to your fucking door. <laughs> like, <laughs> in
1: America, there's like outbacks. There's like miles upon miles of untouched land that the mob can just fucking bury people in. There isn't that here. You don't get, there's no space yeah, for that of course shit. Yeah, so
0: there is. is Epping Forest was where all the, bo- I grew up near Epping Forest. Um, and yeah, loads of bodies were found there.
1: Yeah, Found found <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah. laughs> within days my like fucking dog walkers why has he got blood out of his front door where does this go um, that's
1: why like it's one of the things of having a blood out like having a beagle like whenever he starts sniffing something in the forest and like walk on walk on son i'm not i don't <laughs> i don't want you coming back out of that bush with a fucking pair of Nikes in your mouth i don't want to be
0: a, i don't want to be a, a headline on a news i'm not explaining to the man police man that finds yeah, body
1: guy who fits every murder composite <laughs> finds body doesn't want to hang around for questions and says his dog's too reactive to meet strangers goes home and washes his hands
0: yeah that's what i fucking need orders bleach because he's watched way too many documentaries
1: <laughs> as Google history
0: search <laughs> what are the names of Robert Durst's <laughs> lawyers <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're going down if you get questioned um <laughs> 15 minutes to help me via pen I'll do what the guy did in America <laughs> going, pin it all on us. pin it all on us air fry me some chicken wings and I'll, I'll admit to anything um his name was Dennis Andrew Nielsen and that falls into your theory that they they give the full name, including the middle name, of serial killers. And I'd started thinking about why they did this. I think it's so you don't get a mistaken identity. So they don't go like, Oh, okay, we we've found a murderer, his name is Richard Albert Wharton and then your missus will go, Oh, same name as you and you're like, No, 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 I haven't got a middle name. It's all right, it's not me. It's that Richard. I think that's why they <laughs> no, do it.
1: Yeah, and they'd be like, Oh, that's good. People are probably gonna bring that up for the rest of my life now, but it's actually Jeffrey Andrew Dahmer is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I'm called.
0: So pff, jokes on them. <laughs> um so he basically he went to Bill, whatever his name was, went to um Dennis Nilsson's mum house in Aberdeenshire, and here's a warning sign. It was a very tidy house. That was a big warning sign for me. Yep.
1: That feels like you get hit for putting something out of place. Yes. She made her own shortbread. I don't know why, but something seems suspect about that. Yes, absolutely. If there's one place you can get plenty of shortbread. It's fucking it Aberdeen. Is, yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. Um, and Dennis Nilsson on his tape said he felt alone and ashamed as he was a homosexual. And it was this is down to his genetics. And he was forced to be anything true outside of his head um better, how better kill a few people killer, then dennis hey just go kill a few people then if that's how you feel I, you're fucking how nudging.
1: how is the serial killer more succinctly described the plight of being a homosexual within a very homophobic time yeah more fucking like you know succinctly than pray away yeah like no you're right it's not oh he wanted to change a story in the speech i was giving about people how this was bad yes. this
0: was oh no this is how i felt yeah and he did because he is eloquent um he does nail that side of it. He really does. And he brings... It's t- when he's talking about the press. He's just like, oh, the journo's got a hold of it. The gay killer.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> it's, it's very much like a snooty guy that, like, you know, sarcastic. the flower falls on his head during like a children's TV show. Bodger and Bodger, he's getting mashed potato <laughs> flicked at him as he's trying to come around and evaluate the house. Oh, my. My cufflinks are scuffed. <laughs> But he lives in this, like, I would I would assume he's a serial killer. Going up to that fucking attic with that voice, I wouldn't trust him.
0: Um, and it, Basically, once he gets nicked, uh, his police mate from when he was a copper, Bob Brenton. I love uh, this bit. The, he gives this great thing. He went, yeah, you know, he wasn't really a people person. So when he left, uh, there was no leaving due. Well, then this is on you, Bob. I think this is all on you, motherfucker. Maybe if you would have just got him a leaving card, a little bit of cake, a right? couple of gans of special brew, you and the lads, he loves a Bacardi, Dennis Nielsen, couple of Bacardis, maybe you would have been a nicer person. It
1: says a lot about me, but on all the jobs I've had, I've never had a leave and do. Oh, really? If I if I have had one, I wasn't invited to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I've never, never had a leave and do.
0: <laughs> I left the job once, we had, uh, we had a week of leave and do's. I think wow. we started on the Monday and we finished on the Friday. And it just got more <laughs> debauched every single night. That's when Matt was working for Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> uh, he no longer works there. <laughs> that leave-and-do really spiraled, did a lot of damage <laughs> for the community. <laughs> I'm taking everyone down with me. Um, and basically, the, this Bob Brenton was called to an incident. and I-
1: it's, it's, it's the everyday life of people around these fascinating scenarios that i enjoy all right so we're like you've worked with this weird loner all right and then they went okay so now the pissy sergeants went tell me about your friend Fucking yes, that's...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i only work with and, him gov i didn't even can, get him a you, leaving card
1: <laughs> you can tell in his voice that he's been taking shit for this and yes. He's annoyed that is now referred like he's he's being very facetious that he's referred to as his friend yes.
0: This is career defining, right? Career dead, defining. Yeah, I've worked with one or two
1: where I'm like, yeah, I might get called in to talk about that guy's character someday. <laughs> I don't
0: know if I've ever worked with a. Oh, yeah. I don't... Have I ever worked with anyone who could be? Yeah, I know. I know a it's, few. It's natters. like
1: the old. It's like the old Adam Bloom joke, which uh, he never gets credited for. But it's the old. It's the formula of, uh, and if you don't think I'm not like that, it's you. <laughs> yes, is that Adam Bloom? That was originally Adam Bloom, oh, yeah, superb. and it just got stolen over the years. Superb. Everyone's got a friend that does this, and if you don't, that That's person is mean, you yeah. is the blank yeah. He should be credited with that. That's fucking phenomenal.
0: Um so Bob Brenton, the detective, was called to an incident because a homeless kid had hurled himself through a window and it from Dennis's flat. And Dennis said, basically, when they pulled him in, he said, if you've got no evidence, you need to let me go. No, I believe. If you've got the evidence, if you've got the, the evidence, the was... charge me. If not, yeah. you can let me go. And that's very much uh, Kevin Spacey in Usual Suspects. Yeah. Um, and the... Protect you because you're weak verbal. Because it... <laughs> <laughs> um, the dad of the kid. There's, who f- a,
1: there's a movie that really benefits from a quick credit. So you don't go, wait, wait a minute. No, that doesn't make fucking,
0: what? No. That <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, was him all along. Yes, ask no more questions. Yeah, move along. Uh, the dad of the kid who threw himself from the window was so ashamed about what his kid is in terms of basically a homeless drug addict, homosexual, he didn't want to press charges. And uh, Bob the Copper was saying, but this guy's a psycho and... He said, "If you don't press charges, this guy could go on and do other things." And he went, "No, we just don't, we don't want the uh, we haven't got the time to put into this. Sorry, we're not going to press charges. No, but I don't get why the why the cop didn't press charges. I think it has to be
1: the
0: the victim. I don't understand
1: the gray area on that because no. that sounds a very Americanism. It sounds, without, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. W- without him testifying, I believe there's no crime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: Um. And then it just it. I think every step of this documentary it gets more miserable and more miserable and more miserable. And even Soho, like you're seeing Soho in the '80s, which was the that was almost the that was the die, that was the dying embers of the Soho sex area. I think back then, because the, yeah. the well the internet came in what 15 years later, so it was just it was on its way out. I got um, I was so hammered one night. I went and. I wanted to buy some weed and I ended up in Soho and uh, this woman went I oh, I just need to buy a couple of joints of God you know. what a
1: time before mobile phones right, yeah. Jesus Web.
0: and uh, yeah she went I'll oh, give me 50 quid go to this place and pick it up so I, I did the, the place was half an hour away I got proper stitched up and I, I, I was skint in the middle of nowhere basically in London and I pulled a cab over and I went look mate I'm good for the money but I've got no money on me. And I went, I've got a good story, though. Fancy taking me home? And he went, jump in, kid. Yeah, and I told him my story. He went, you're all right. You ain't got to pay, Matt. You're all right. Yeah. It was a happier so, time in London, where the drug could be out, safe. I was
1: out in Surbiton, um tell you what it was it was like Easter and sometimes I'll wake up with a rush of my energy I'm like shit may now last i not living like regular people I'll make a big Easter dinner so this is like 11, 12 in the afternoon wow. Easter Sunday and I'll go right you're I'm not clearly buy been a- this hang shit. on
0: you clearly hadn't been asleep from the night before then you don't get up till three. <laughs> <laughs> so I got out
1: and all the shops are bare Right, so like I've now got, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm not a regular person, I don't normally do this stuff. I just think I go and go, I'm like Ebenezer Scrooge. I go, You boy, what day is it today? (laughs) Bring me a fucking goose. (laughs) All right, so I got into the first um supermarket, can't find one. So I'm like, Fuck, gotta go from Tolworth, where we used to go in that cafe down to Surbiton, got one of those. In the space of going to Tolworth, which is a five minute walk from my house, to the bus stop three separate people had had not offered all right two had give me their number for when they presumed i next wanted weed and the third one offered to give me a free sample and i'm like right that's it i'm shaving the
0: beard (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant um there was an incredibly, again, you're right, this documentary did more to highlight the, the plight of uh, homosexual men than, than pray, pray away did for on behalf of homosexual men. I know it didn't just cover homosexual men, pray away, but...
1: Because once it starts to go towards court, then you hear that five other people had been assaulted yep. and tried to
0: go to the police,
1: and, and they yep, were just rushed
0: off and called, yeah, I... Yeah, you probably imagine that you no, you imagined it is exactly what they said. You imagined it and you're gay. Um, oh. But one of the talking heads, Martin, uh, was one of the first people he tried to kill. And basically, he's still alive. He didn't get away with it. And he said, a few people knew I was gay, but I was told I'd grow out of it. What? I was told that about being short. Yeah, you'll, you'll grow out of it. Don't worry. No, you, t- you are what you are.
1: Just imagine you're wearing your sister's hoodies bless you
0: <laughs> yeah we still do you're we great. still switch what? clothes me and my sister
1: <laughs> i'm trying to put weight on because the guy who get uh, the guy who give, gives me his clothes in a bin bag uh, has put on weight so <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to bulk up currently uh, it's been a stressful year for him bless him and he's got <laughs> so i've got all these nice tight fitting top man tops that aren't tight <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Martin, what they do is they found his national insurance card yes. in in thingy's flat. So at least he was still trying to find him a job.
0: Yeah, bless him. Yeah, he yeah. was. I mean, he was a professional. You can't knock his professional credentials. Um, and also, there's no NCIS in Britain. What they did is they just got regular coppers, gave them a green overall, and went, "Go dig out that fucking garden, will ya?" And like nine of them pulled out this van. And she was just a regular, the woman they were interviewing, she's just a regular beat cop, right? She's just a... Yeah, Karen Hunt, I yeah. think she was called. So they're like, yeah, just here's here's a shovel. Can you go look for bones, please? No NCIS, no forensics, no nothing. It was just Karen and the lads, whoever was free that day oh. and, owned, and owned gardening gloves. That was your criteria <laughs> to make it for that.
1: I don't know, that just sounds like a bit of different day. Do you know what I mean? Because every day, is, if you got your beat and you're like, oh, I've got to chase these people, I've got to... Like, oh, well, I'm digging today. Yeah, I'll hang out, have a few cups of tea.
0: Yeah, <laughs> smoke some rollies. Um, there's uh, one of the other talking heads. Uh, basically, it was a heater called Shane, and then it cuts to his mother, Leslie, and... The love of Leslie's life was named Graham, and he was killed by Dennis, and he was one of the first bones they found. And
1: uh, Yeah, and they're asking about dental records and things. Because
0: yeah. first off, when you see the word Shane's dressed, you think, oof, what did he do to him? Yeah. But here's the weird thing. A journalist phones Leslie out, and this is how scummy the journalists were, and they went, we don't want to tell you what Dennis did. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? Do you want to know? And she went, "Go on then." And yeah, he dressed him up um, and watched his TV with his corpse before hacking him into little bits.
1: And yeah, like, like had him
0: there sat in the armchair for two days. Yeah, for two days. Why did you have to tell her that? That's yeah. That just seems. the, the were, press do were, not come out of this looking good on this documentary. Oh God, no, 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 no. they. They never do. Um no, but, but there is. But we've we've done a lot of documentaries where we're like, if it weren't for the press, none of this would come to light. Right?
1: I believe there's journals and there's journalists. And yeah. the journalists well come said, across man. well, the fucking journals, <laughs> come on. <laughs> hey, were you playing away last night? Were you, John? Everyone has a little go. Can you want to give us a quote for the camera there, John? Yeah. Britney, show us your tits. Yeah. Brittany. Brittany, over here, love. Over here. Pick that up.
0: Um, yeah, because Russ Koffer is the Times journalist who wrote to Dennis about his autobiography and said he was to cover it in the Times. And you're right; he's very different from the other people. Um, broadsheet, I believe, is the key word. It is broadsheet. Yeah, and he wrote um, and like like you said, right? He kept extensive records. He he'd do recordings. He did home videos. He kept a diary. He did.
1: It was when I saw Leslie because Leslie talks about their life together and their own. I think heroin. Uh, They're doing classes, and they have. And their last um, debate was he wanted to get clean, and she said, yeah. "If you go out and get a fix, don't fucking come back." And he never came back. Yeah, um, this was her husband, right? Look at it, Leslie. It made me just realize if you do too much classes in your youth, something on your face stops working properly. Yes. Okay. Like with her, it's, it's the it's the re- reaction with her mouth. Yeah, and I, I'm just intrigued. You're hitting that age where something's gonna.
0: Thanks. Man. <laughs> there's going to be something I want to know. What do you think? I think it's going to be my cheekbones. I think the cheekbones you know are just I going rec- to
1: go. I reckon you're going to have a weird forehead. Your forehead's going to look like a mouth.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but, but yeah, there's something so the next that few years, back to
1: haunt you. If you're doing class A drugs, there is yeah. something that is going to be a telltale sign for the rest of your life. What if they for me, the... I never remember where
0: my wallet is. Well, what if they changed the classification while you were doing them? Does that does that ease what happens to you?
1: No, because it will still be the chemical reaction. Ah,
0: reactions. shit. Okay. You couldn't be um, like,
1: they were class C when I started doing yeah. message This is bullshit.
0: <laughs> now me ears twitch. Um, and then we get into Dennis's love for his granddad. And turns out his granddad was a nonce who abused him. There we go. But. But you can't say that but also, after that comment. <laughs> no,
1: no, you, you, <laughs> you absolutely can't because the uh, – the, what's it called? The journalist, him at the end even says that could also we, – we can't prove or disprove that. No, and he might but have just made that Nielsen up. has tells of being like, oh, it was this alter ego of yes. me that did this. Yeah. It was that, and it's what a smart brain would go to to justify this. It's entirely yes. possible – that an abused child eventually becomes the abuser, but there is also zero evidence
0: to state that. Right. What? Well, because they're all dead. His granddad yeah, was dead. Yeah, but again,
1: Nielsen doesn't seem the guy that you need to fucking believe a no, whole heap. No, absolutely. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah but that was his you know oh, i was abused when i was 5 and it fused the love and the death emotions together which i thought was a clever way of saying and that's why i killed people can i be let out now please uh,
1: to me it sounds like he's making a book right <laughs> yes
0: oh to me <laughs> you know, it sounds like he wants some... to get out so he can kill a few more people the geezer's clearly a fucking yeah. nutjob
1: he, he's a well read guy and he knows a main protagonist has to have some kind of like you know origin story yeah to what he's doing, because the way this guy operates, as the person that he tries to kill and brings resuscitates, he puts him in the bath after strangling yep. him with the uh, the sleeping bag. Um, oh, it's fucking miserable, and and then it goes to trial, and he pleads not guilty, so he gets more attention. He's he's referring to yeah. it as the theater,
0: yeah, and well, basically, he's in um he's in the old Bailey right now. That's the Central Criminal Court of England and Wales. That is the Wembley of courts, um, and it's a. It looks like uh, it looks like the House of Representatives in the States, so it looks like a mini version of St Paul's, and right. you've got the Lady Justice on the on the top of it. So this huge statue of this woman holding a knife and the scales of justice, and it's basically it's on the borders of the city of London which is actually older than London. Yeah, it's an incredible building. Absolutely incredible.
1: Um, What's it? But they... So his defence is pretty much, well, I didn't kill everyone I brought back to my friend
0: <laughs> I didn't kill so everybody. It, oh, it
1: was diminished
0: responsibility. We'll look off two years because you're a bloody good bloke.
1: And then, right, this is... it. Was It was a very skipped over a moment but made me fucking see them so these fucking brave guys come forward yes the five six that survived them not that he didn't try to kill them that survived his attack came through they testified there was one guy who he'd even mentioned careful on the sleeping bag you don't want to strangle yourself on it and then later he woke up and he was being strangled the sleeping bag cord yes um they are then rushed out of court like they're the fucking villains. Yeah, you have seen that in front yes. of the press? Like yeah, they're yeah. rushed and fucking
0: panicked, yeah. and then they are victims. Sh- they are not villains. Yeah, without and, a doubt, they are treated. very
1: brave to stand up and do that. Yeah, you got to fucking applaud them.
0: Um, his his uh, his defense counsel was Ian Lawrence QC, and that was his first serial killer case. Now he's asked, and he said, "Was this your first serial killer case?" And he went, "Yes, and my last." Unless you count the craze. Okay, you name-dropping fuck. And also, when he was talking, right, it kept cutting to him playing the piano, which does the soundtrack for his talking head. You, you fucking pompous prick. What are you doing?
1: When he started doing that, because it starts with him playing the piano, he's not talking first. I'm like, has Nielsen got out? Yes. And he's there. Because the camera angles and it's so dark.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. And who's this
1: fucking big time lawyer who's only had two cases and lost? Yeah. That's why they have <laughs> Yeah, those cr- those famously unconvicted t- grey twins.
0: Okay, Ivan, no more cases for you. You're bringing this law firm into disrepute. you idiot. Get me idiot.
1: someone with a fucking <laughs> cowboy hat immediately.
0: Who did that? Robert Durst have. Um... Out of all of his uh, victims, only eight... If
1: Carl Studder had kept his mouth shut, (laughs) none of this would have happened.
0: Um, Out of his victims, only eight were identified. And he admitted to killing at least 16. Um, He died in prison. It was proper miserable. It was really miserable. I mean, he must have died early. He must have died young. I never Google it because I don't want to ruin the episode. But I'm definitely Googling shit after this.
1: Yeah, hopefully um, our patron who selected this one, is um, she's got her own little review she's going to send over or a few things to say to White to check out this documentary. We'll hopefully edit in after.
0: Oh, pack up. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that.
1: Um, also, on, on on grounds of the Patreon, I have a rule that I don't pester them to do things, so we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, on the other hand, do. Um, yeah, this is the the chalk and cheese of Rick and Matt. Um And then what
1: else is it? There's um, one thing caught me about this, which was... So it shows you Piccadilly Circus footage of the back in the 80s. And it's got the Carlsberg banner. And it still had the slogan, probably the best in the world. And I'm just like, how long have they been dining out on those adverts?
0: Probably the best beer... Yeah, probably the best lager in the world, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I thought that was like an early 2000s thing.
0: Oh, God, no, that was... Yeah. forty
1: years. Who's working in that ad department?
0: <laughs> Have you got <laughs> anything better? Have you got anything better than this? Nope. Okay, Matt, run it again. The podcast.
1: <laughs> Ricky's trying to get into writing adverts that don't mean anything. <laughs> I want our fucking job. Hey, listen. I know we only meet once a year, but I've got an idea. Is it a stick with what we're doing? You're right, Bob. <laughs> I like to put your jib, water <laughs>
0: Right, the Here's another gym. million quid. You change dynamics, Warren. You change dynamics. I, there's a guy. There's,
1: there's a guy in the sales department who said it should be maybe the best lager in the world. Don't worry, I fired him. He's,
0: he's <laughs> fucking, it's probably he's not Carlsberg material. He's probably going to kill himself. But this was uh, it was a very miserable documentary, but I really enjoyed it. I really did. It was very
1: well put together
0: for a British thing right especially for a British yeah. thing especially
1: for a British one um, yeah what's your score on this one then Matt I'm going to give this a healthy 4 I'm i I'm giving it the same I was thinking of what to give it and my only issue with it was which again it's the confession tapes it's his memories of so you know he gets caught yeah there's no big surprise No, absolutely. the unfolding of it and again almost the buried the lead of the police dismissed five people yes. that they could have caught this yeah, guy yeah. from
0: that is And you're right the high That is up a- well and the highlighting of the the plight of gay men was You're right it was very mm. well done by this guy it really really was and even the journalists and the police were the same they were like yeah listen it was a different time
1: You you get the feeling that the guy that my friend Nelson Friend, You know, the guy, that police officer who has to talk to him? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Bob Brenton, yeah. Bob Brenton. You get the feeling that they're almost having a go at Bob Brenton for having a gay friend more than they're having a go for <laughs> knowing a <the> serial
0: killer. <laughs> you
1: know, they're doing some limp-wristed
0: impressions around <coughs> the fucking office to him. Yeah. How did you not know, Bob? Yeah. Um, Right, well, thank you very. And if you want to watch that, just a, it's on Netflix, and it is Memories of a Murderer, the Nielsen Tapes. It's good, man. i really enjoyed it. 25,
1: not a bad watch.
0: That's really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good pick. So thank you, Amy Jane. Really, really good pick. I Because I would have never have watched that, ever.
1: I had wrote it off as the thing I had already
0: seen. Right, okay then. So, with, with the guy copping to the murders. So she nailed it on her first outing. So, um, right. And if you are one of our Patreon fans, yeah, get in touch with. This is me doing admin on air now. Get in touch with your picks, and we'll we'll do some of them. Or I'm going to have to do some Rick miserable thing because I haven't got a chance yeah, trust to. Trust me, I, I, I know
1: our. I know our Patreon members, all right? There's one or two that I need to out, and then after that, they're all Rick Picks, baby. They are all Rick Picks. Like
0: this gun is heavily loaded in your favor. Right. This I'm is. not
1: pointing any fingers, but they're all in fucking Australia. Once <laughs> you yeah. get through their picks.
0: She shears is coming, sir. She shears is coming. Right, thank you very much for downloading.
1: Uh... If I can sync it up with the time zones, I can fucking tell you what day you're going to break down on. <laughs> <laughs> with the, with, sorry, if the clock's going back. With the Matt Wills brain chemistry, um, what's it? What's... two weeks of out sugar dark by seven o'clock? Oh, it's coming. Yeah, don't fuck with cats. It that's
0: a is coming. That's
1: a, that's a, that's a potential school shooter right there.
0: Right, um, what's what's next, my friend?
1: Next, we're going to do another Patreon pick because we've got a few backlogged. Right, so okay. I'm going to catch up with a few of them and upcoming. Um, uh, we'll tell you the story, because it's fun for people to follow along. We've we've been contacted by uh, directors of a documentary. They didn't tweet oh, us, shit. so we haven't missed it this time yes, around. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, the game at some point, which we just need to finagle times and whatnot. So we're going to have some people involved from that. I mean, they've been negging me for months to do it, so I'm
0: coming around to the idea. And they have proper, proper reached out. It was just, from an ego point of view, it was, yeah, it was just quite lovely, wasn't it? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, you said once about um, Rotten Tomatoes and you'd like on documentaries, uh, doc, discussing documentary score on everyone's documentary. So people knew, yeah. knew it would be worthwhile. Yeah, that's what went through my head. I'm like, oh.
1: well, here's the thing. Like on the other
0: ones, we'd seen the documentary first.
1: Like if this turns out to be a stinker, we then have to be.
0: No, we still have to say it's a stinker. We, we can't. We can't uh, sell out I'm, any of yeah, integrity. Yeah, said,
1: but I'm saying it'll be it'll be intriguing listening. I don't think it will be because I don't it think it'll be looks all yeah, right.
0: Yeah, I don't think it'll be a stinker either. But if it is a stinker and we trash it, and then we've got to speak to the directors, we're like, it's going to be fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> Rick, why don't you take this one?
1: Hey, <laughs> guys. So, so I hear your brothers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How about those hey bears, man. eh? Oh. Right, That's um, something
1: to check out if you Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, yeah, like I said, we are encouraging uh, people listen to us to let us know which documentaries you recommend and why, and we'll read them out on here. And for the Patreon picks, if you get some picks in, we'll uh, start picking up on doing a few more of those. If not, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Matt, you got anything you want to plug?
0: I'm done. I'm, I'm holding down three jobs. Uh, you, yeah, you,
1: you, <laughs> Your lunch break's over now. I'm trying to get you fired. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you just got one more thing there, Matt. <laughs> one more thing over there. Literally, there's an office on fire behind him.
0: Um, <laughs> We've got to finish the recording. <laughs>
1: See, I, what I want to be, because I've got Matt on uh, Messenger FaceTime now, is I want some big bugger to come in and goes, Matt, I told you to move them fucking paper clips <laughs> 20 <laughs> minutes ago.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. Yes, Bob, I'll be right there. So did you say that AJ has... I'm calling her AJ like I know her, right?
1: <laughs> seamless editing. Did seamless you, editing. Um, did, so you said so, she
0: she sent you a review because I think that's a great thing. If our Patreon fans... Um, well, if, not just when they, Patreon fans,
1: if... If anyone has a review of a documentary we've watched, I've asked if anyone would like to send out. We've had a couple come in finally, and due to the way we bulk record, we've had some for quite some time and not read out. But this one is synced up. So we have one to do next week, which is a review oh, okay. of Voyeur, which is from the subscriber, Nick, and also uh, Aja, who work. suggested this one, sent us this review. And which, this is
0: um, this is of this documentary. That was her pick as well, yeah, which th- is great. This, okay. this
1: This was her pick, yeah.
0: Uh, oh go on there. Okay, so this is this is AJ's
1: review of the Nielsen tips. Uh, as someone unfamiliar with Nielsen's crime, this documentary balances Nielsen Nielsen's polices and victims series of events, casting a light on the different perspectives. One oh, one second. I'm <laughs> terrible at reading out loud. I, I'm this not very
0: good at reading out loud. The, 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 Bill Burr makes it look simple, doesn't he? <laughs>
1: This is why we're going to be really bad when we have to start slinging dick pills for adverts. We need more Patreon people because reading copy just is not in my wheelhouse. Right. Okay, so AJ's review. As someone unfamiliar with Nielsen's crime, this documentary balancing Nielsen's, the police's, and victim's series of events, casting light on all the different perspectives. I know, we're going to have to start editing mid-thing now because we know we're not going to get through it all. <laughs> <laughs> Nielsen's self-tapes are downright eerie and unsettling, and someone with a degree in criminal psychology provides an incredible insight into his mind and delusions. How thick do I sound now? Oh, you're right. The documentary... I know, but the fact that she's got a degree in criminal psychology is like, she should probably be on this and not us. Right, so the documentary takes a look at the social climate and prejudices that allowed these atrocities to occur and for Nielsen to go undetected, casting a focus on the victims of the crime rather than the investigation itself. Using Matt and Rick's skill, I'd had to give it a 4. Sad, somewhat uplifting at points, and shocking all in one. All in an interesting watch. And then she has put a caveat of this was going to be a 4.5, but I've started watching Making a Murderer and reminded how awesome it was.
0: Fair play. Nice review. I I don't think the reading of it did it justice, but it was... No, it did not. It did
1: not. (laughs) But once I hit that final word, I waited for an applause (laughs) for it. (laughs) 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 Um, I was like in school when you got to stand up and read from the book and go, what, the next page?
0: uh, Firstly, thanks for the review. That was awesome. That was an excellent
1: review. That was a lot more. That is what we try to say in an hour. You did it in two paragraphs. That is remarkably succinct and an excellent description of that documentary.
0: Um, What I liked as well uh, about that was she's reversed it because it's always Rick and Matt. Because we think that's funnier. Because we spoke about that for ages, didn't we? Should it be Mal Rick or Rick and Matt? Yeah, in the beginning, and in the end, I went. I think Rick and Matt's funnier, and I think because we, yeah, because. I don't know. Wait, I've got to be honest. In the
1: early days of this, there's a lot of things that you fussed over that I was just like, whichever way he falls is not something <laughs> yeah, I'm going exactly. to argue. I think Matt argued with Matt <laughs> yes. about how, which one sounded funnier between Rick and Matt.
0: Uh, but she's reversed it and gone, Matt and Rick. So I'm like, oh, God, I think, did I get that wrong? And did she say she's got, de- read that bit, she's got a degree in what? Criminal? A
1: degree in criminal psychology. Wow. Yeah. She's onto you, Matt. <laughs> I
0: feel a little bit intimidated. What?
1: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Over the mood, she enjoys it. I just didn't think smart people would enjoy our show.
0: I didn't think they would either. Wow. Okay. Well,
1: a, there's an ego boost. D- and thank you very much. We are looking for more reviews. And I promise I will get better at reading out the reviews as well. Uh, it's it's going to be matched to next time on Nick Graham's review of...
0: Oh, man. Uh, Voya. Just... She's funny, Nick Graham. She is so funny. She cracks me up. I love speaking to her. I don't know why we're calling you AJ. I think it's because my niece has got the same initials and we call her AJ. So, um, yeah, that's why I went for it. And I spelt her name wrong when I wrote to her and was just, like, gushing about thanks for being a a Patreon pal. Um, Yeah, keep them coming, man. We could do a whole episode, right, of just reviews. Not with the amount of reviews
1: we'll get, we could not, no.
0: No, we'll build it up. <laughs> we'll, we'll do like little snippets. We'll do like a 20-minute. Oh, um, I got a from um, fan of the show. Uh, they're on our Podbean page. They are called CRXQW7 or something. The guy in the office. The guy in the office. He sent me a thing this morning when I came in. So I got an email from him and he just went, is this going to go anywhere? Because I don't really like bowling, <laughs> and that was a. And I just wrote to him. I went, "That's a Rick line, wasn't it?" And he went, "Yeah, it's the funniest thing I've heard in ages. Brilliant, absolutely love it. Great episode." Like, oh, cool, man. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to come into an office job where they're quoting what you're doing in a non-office job, and then they're quoting the very <laughs> funny man you've, you've tethered yourself to. And you're like, I'll take it. That's
1: it. I don't know. I, I got. I got a thing about London office people. I just think he wants a good recommendation on your way out the door.
0: <laughs> he's the best hire I've ever made, but, but hands down, by none, best hire I've ever made Well, a,
1: there's about there's about 18 people in that office <laughs> went off oh, <for> the fuck's. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: hired hundreds there's of ver- people over the years. He's the he's the best. bringing your, Barry's self help
1: books, <laughs> all the weird, <laughs> all the weird <laughs> Matt Matt Wills fucking
0: <laughs> accoutrement. Eat spinach. Um, yeah, he was a singer in a punk band, and he, he used to be a baker. He's a fascinating man. He got married three times. He's he's fascinating. I love him. Um, anyway, enough about him. More about our Patreon people. Um, thanks again. I know we're going to – thanks for – and this is a pick. Good, good pick. I wonder what she's oh, going to pick yeah. next. Yeah, yeah. If she's got. A... I, I'm, oh, uh, it
1: looks like it may be uh, the innocent man is what we're looking I'll at. I'll leave
0: it out. That doesn't sound very nice.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think anyone who uh, really has a likes ours and has a degree in criminal <laughs> psychology is going to be picking the fucking Barclay Marathon. So Damn. I'm looking for more. I'm looking for algorithms to find more people like this to listen yeah, to our that's show. That's fair this enough.
0: I can't this takes
1: the that. responsibility of Matt Wills breakdown out of my hands <laughs> and <then laughs> it
0: gives it to a paying the, I, I customer am, which I can respect. I am
1: <laughs> Pontius Pilate on this one the crowd has decided.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right well fair play well thanks again. Um right let's uh let's wrap it up.
1: All right, thank you very much for listening, guys. Excellent pick from the Patreon, Frankly. and again, I think we're about to drop episode five or six onto the Patreon of Making a Murderer, and then look, enjoy, been enjoying doing those, and then yeah, and then we'll have another regular episode for the main feed on Wednesday. Thank you very much.
0: out